Welcome to the You're Not Alone podcast, where freedom, health, and wholeness is our mission. In each episode, we will expose the lie that you are alone in your struggles and your pain. We share truth through our stories using the power of vulnerability and honesty, empowering you to live the life you are destined to live. Well, welcome back to this week's episode. I am Chris, and I am here with my good buddy, Caleb. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good today. Are you Are you ready to talk about some heavy stuff? Hit me. You know, we're, you know, we're going to talk about... I think we're going to talk about maybe one of the most destructive things in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're not talking just like ruin my life type of things. Yeah. But we're talking about something that's real subversive, something that's really kind of underneath the radar that we don't always think about. Yes, sir. And this topic, I actually think, will lead to demonic can lead to demonic oppression and even some cases demonic possession yeah our topic this week is unforgiveness yeah (laughs) this is yeah it's like it's like something we don't even necessarily think about no yeah and so i i think this is just me i think christians fool themselves Mm -hmm. on this topic more than anything else why is that? Because I think we're taught from a young age the wrong definition of what forgiveness even looks like. Okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, if you, and this is maybe for, if you're a parent or maybe you experienced this as a kid, yep. is it, especially if you had brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. that little Tommy hits little Su- Susie with a Tonka truck. <laughs> Full on in the face, smacks him. <laughs> this is like WWF SmackDown, and then he goes in for the elbow off the bed. Mm-hmm. Wham. Okay. Mom hears crying coming from the back of the room. Mm-hmm. Okay. She comes running back there. Here's Tommy, has her in a sleeper hold. Little Susie's crying, breaks <laughs> him up. Okay. Yeah. Let me set the stage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mom gets up. What are you doing? Separates them. Susie's crying. Tommy's crying because he got caught. And uh, the mom goes, okay, little Tommy, you tell Susie you're sorry. Tommy's like, I'm sorry. (laughs) He's not sorry. (laughs) And the mom looks at Susie and goes, Susie, say you forgive him. No. Either you forgive him or I'm going to whoop your butt. Mm-hmm. This is 80s parenting. This is what I grew up with. Okay. <laughs> There's no safe places yeah. growing up. It was mm-hmm. it was a different time. And uh, little Susie's like, fine, I forgive you. The mom's like, all right, you two hug and don't do it again. And you walk out the door. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of the challenges is a lot of times as Christians, we go through the motions but we're never taught what repentance looks like. Hmm. We're never talk, taught what true forgiveness really looks like in the definition of what the biblical, what the Bible says. Hmm. And so when we go through that motion and dealing with these feelings on the inside as Christians, we're like, yeah, fine. I forgive you. But on the inside, you're still holding that grudge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So forgiveness goes beyond just saying sorry or, yeah. you know, being forced to do it as we taught. As 100%. So what is forgiveness? Can you define that for us? No. I'm just, I'm just pointing out the problem today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that when we look at forgiveness, it's got to go beyond just saying that you're sorry and that I forgive you. Mm-hmm. It's something that we do from the heart. Yeah. It's got to be something where we understand the full ramifications of forgiveness. And it's something that we actually take to the Lord and we take to the Holy Spirit and we allow him to be able to work through this and to bring understanding into the situation. Mm-hmm. Now, the different levels that we go through depends on the severity of the offense that was put on us. Mm-hmm. You know, I get cut off, like I'm driving to church, I get cut off by somebody, 
And, you know, something simple like that, you know, that to me, not a huge deal. Like the guy, like we've all been that guy. Like Mm -hmm. we've been cut off, but we've also cut other people off. Yeah. And so to kind of stop and go, okay, you know, I'm going to have grace for this situation. Mm -hmm. But there's a huge difference between that and then somebody that hurts us severely. Yeah. That we're brutalized, we're attacked, something that extreme. Um, that's a different level of like a one and done. Mm-hmm. But then there's also the the person who constantly or comes into our lives and hurts us. Mm-hmm. And we allow them to come in. They hurt us. And then we're mad at them and we blame them. And so there's going to be different levels of how we deal with forgiveness. And so it's not always this idea of, oh, I just forgive you. Mm-hmm. And then just stepping and stepping back yeah. and just going, it's done. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking before we got started, you know, I yeah. kind of asked this question, you know, you know, what, what what's the time when you've struggled with forgiveness? Mm-hmm. And you were kind of like, oh, I, yeah. Uh, and what did you say? You, <laughs> I said, for me, it's not about struggling with forgiveness. It's about processing it. Yeah. The pain before. Yeah. Allowing myself to forgive someone. No, you actually said first that it was that, that like I've forgiven, but then I, I still hold that grudge. Yeah, I still hold to the offense. Yeah. So is that actually forgiveness if we hold to the offense? Not really. It's not because you still. Yeah, you still. I mean, if you hold to the offense, that means that you haven't really forgiven. You haven't really let go of what. Yeah. You know what happened so it's not it's not really forgiveness until you let go of the offense and i think it's when because when you're holding on to that offense and that's what we have to understand when it comes to forgiveness if Mm -hmm. we're holding on to that offense yeah then we're not actually releasing that to god no we're not and then when we hold on to that Mm -hmm. you know and even going back to we like even when I started to open this up, and this is kind of the crazy part about this, like if we hold a fence against other people, we actually open ourselves up to demonic attack. Mm-hmm. And we've experienced that. Yeah, I've experienced that. You yeah. know, I've experienced the attack myself, and then also through the years of just being in the church world and doing, you know, working with people, things like that, mm-hmm. of actually seeing people that are in the midst. Like no joke. Um, this is this is a while back. Yeah. Um, we, uh, I'm in this church service and all of a sudden this person starts manifesting. Mm. I mean, and for the, like, if you're new to this, like they are exhibiting signs of the demonic. So I'm talking like real, no joke, manifesting, like making noises, making sounds, mm-hmm. and even to the point of talking in different voices. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're f- kind of new to this listening, going, I don't know about that. I'll tell you what, I have seen this stuff. I've mm-hmm. experienced this stuff. And this person in the middle of the church service is doing that. We pull him out. We get him to a separate place and start mm-hmm. to, to try to minister to him and trying to find out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're, we're praying for him. And somebody, I think the Lord just dropped something into, into their heart. Mm-hmm. You know, we called the word of knowledge mm-hmm. and just said, hey, have you forgiven? Is there unforgiveness? Have you forgiven? And they, I even think they said the specific person. Mm-hmm. And like the whole, like we were like at a six or a seven in scale. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden it goes like to 10. Wow. This person is screaming. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's just weird. Mm-hmm. And they start screaming, I will never forgive them. I will never. And mm-hmm. over and over and over again. And this is something that's kind of common when we start dealing with some of this demonic stuff is like, this is such an open door Mm -hmm. for the enemy to be able to come in. Of course, this is an extreme case. Mm -hmm. You know, it does manifest in different ways, depending upon the the severity Mm -hmm. and this depending upon different circumstances. Mm -hmm. Um, There's actually this parable that's in the book of Matthew that kind of lays this stuff out. It's the it's called the parable of the unmerciful servant. Yeah. And uh, there's this servant um, 
that that owes a king. The king decides to settle his his accounts. He mm-hmm. goes through his ledger, finds out who owes him money, and he goes through and and he pulls up, and there's this guy that owes him this this astronomical amount. We're talking like this guy owes like twelve like twelve million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a normal reasonable sum. I mean, you could come yeah. up with that type of cash. I yeah. know that you can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, take me a couple weeks, and you know, yeah. the money's in a different account, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he's like the rest of us like he doesn't have this kind of money yeah and so the king calls him in and brings him before him and he says okay you owe me this 12 million dollars and if you don't pay me right now i'm gonna throw you in prison mm-hmm. and not only that i'm gonna throw your family mm-hmm. into prison and the servant gets down on his knees and he starts crying out and he starts going lord 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 forgive me forgive the debt i can't pay you do not take me do not take my family don't help mm-hmm. and it says that that the um king had pity on him mm-hmm. and he said okay your debt is forgiven mm-hmm. go so the guy gets up he leaves walks out and his way out of the courts he runs into his buddy mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he remembered that his buddy actually owed him twelve dollars mm. and in, in this parable according to the story that that he grabs him he shakes him he demands him of his money and the guy goes i don't have it mm-hmm. i can't pay you back today give me some time forgive me and the guy, instead of forgiving him, he goes to one of the guards, says, he owes, owes me this a sum, he owes me this amount. Mm-hmm. He takes him, drags him back to jail. Mm. Well, this word gets back to the king. And the king pulls him back into court. And he says this, and this is, I'm going to read this out of Matthew 18, um, 32. He says, when the master called the servant in, he said, you wicked servant. I canceled all of your debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? Mm. Now, to me, there's two extremely scary verses in the Bible. Yeah. Like, like if I, if if, I'm not going to do this, but it's kind of like one of those where I wish I could just white them out and pretend like they're not there. Mm -hmm. I think the scariest verse in the Bible, we've talked about this before is, is the, 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 um, we prophesied in your name. We healed the sick in your name. Yeah. We did great things in your name. And Jesus says, I still didn't know you. Depart from me. Depart from me. Yeah. You know, frightening. Mm-hmm. This one is almost as bad. It says in verse 34, it says, in anger, his master turned him over to the tormentors to be tortured until he should pay, he should pay back all that he owes. Mm. Verse 35, and this is how my father, my heavenly father, would teach, eat, treat each of you unless if you forgive your brother from the heart. You know, it's funny uh, in, the, in this story that you just, uh, we just read and you beautifully explained. Um, the, the servant who owned uh, the king a lot of money didn't beg the king for his debt to be forgiven. Mm-hmm. He asked him for time. He begged him, mm-hmm. give me time and I'll pay you back. Yeah. And in the mercy of the king, the king said, I'm just going to cancel all your debt. Yeah. And the same thing happened with uh, his friend who owed him 12 bucks. He begged for the same thing. Give me time and I, you pay, and I will pay you back. But he didn't have the same, the same mercy that mm-hmm. the king had on the servant. And... Uh, you know, uh, it just makes me think that sometimes when we hold on to unforgiveness, we actually want to. Um, it's like what in anger the the the, ma- uh, the king just th- uh, gave him to the tormentor to be tortured until until he paid. Yeah, what he owed. You know, I I feel I feel like sometimes when we hold on to unforgiveness, we try we try to uh, bear the weight of the offense that was do- that was done to us when it was something that was not meant for us to bear. Yeah. And, you know, until he paid what he owed, mm-hmm. when it was canceled from, yeah. the, from the get-go. 
Yeah, and see, Jesus is almost telling the story it, 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 like like early, like mm-hmm. he's it's part of him prophesying yeah. what he had come to do. Mm-hmm. It's like you owe this debt, mm-hmm. like the, the your sins are so vast, and yeah. all of us, you know, you're there's so many sins that I have done, and even mm-hmm. if I break the smallest letter of the law, mm-hmm. it turns me into a, a lawbreaker. Yeah, and so it's not just one sin; it's it's hundreds and thousands. You know, some of us probably billions. You know, mm-hmm. for some that are. <laughs> <laughs> like me, who don't seem to get it real quick. And so Jesus is saying, look, your brother that's, that's, that has, that's messed up, mm-hmm. he's, he's done something stupid, he's, he's hurt you. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's something severe. Mm-hmm. But in the whole scheme of things, it's so tiny yeah. compared to the laws that we have broken, the hurt that we've caused, yeah. uh, even the things. Because, I mean, Jesus, when they nail down sin, I'm like, he's, they're saying, hey, you know, you, we shouldn't have sex with our, our, our neighbor's wife, mm-hmm. right? That's a sin. And Jesus yeah. is going, hold on. Mm-hmm. You thinking, you having a lustful thought, mm-hmm. you've, bro- you've broken the law and you're yeah. an adulterer, mm-hmm. you know? And so this is when Jesus kind of breaks this down into, hey, somebody's sinned, somebody's hurt yeah. you, and you won't forgive them that little thing, mm-hmm. then neither, you know. And so it, it comes into the things like, I can't forgive you unless if you've fully forgiven. Like, we mm-hmm. cannot walk in the full measure of grace and authority and power that is available to us mm-hmm. wow. unless we've forgiven. Yeah, and this thing offense is big, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, thinking about uh, you know the biblical standard of forgiveness. You know, in Matthew eighteen, earlier in the chapter, Peter comes to him and says, "Master, how many times do I have to forgive my brother? Uh, seven? And I'm like, I almost think Peter was thinking like, I'm real spiritual, you know, <laughs> yeah. seven times. Like that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and then Jesus goes, "Oh, seven. That's oh, how cute. No." Mm-hmm. How about 70 times 7? Wow. And you being a mathematician, 70 times 7 is 490. Good yes. job, Caleb. <laughs> yeah, I, that's, why, that's why I love having you here. And, uh, yeah. But see, the way that the Greek puts this, because mm-hmm. it's like almost like we, like, oh, I only have to forgive somebody 490 times mm-hmm. for an offense. Yeah. And even that sounds pretty good. But, you know, I've got people that have hurt me in my life where I could, man, I could start taking those tech marks. Well, the phrasing of this actually is saying not 490 times over a lifetime, 490 times for the same offense mm. in the same day. Wow. And he's kind of using this hyperbole, this like mm-hmm. this big idea, like like yeah. he's he's being you know he's being kind of facetious, saying, "Look, this mm-hmm. is so big, this yeah. is so vast that you cannot work this out without mm. me." Wow, wow. So forgiveness, uh, it is a well. I I do believe it is a command, but it's something that cannot be done without the help of the Holy Spirit. And um, yes and no, I think there's a levels of forgiveness because I, I know Christians, yeah. I know atheists that have been able to to forgive, yeah. But I don't know that it's the complete, yeah, complete forgiveness that the Lord really has in mind. So let's just say true forgiveness cannot be done without the help of the Holy Spirit. Because uh, I've seen people say, oh, "Yeah, I forgive you," but three years down the line to bring back the, to bring back the same offense that they've forgiven you three years ago. Well, like we were talking before, it's mm-hmm. easy to forgive, but it's hard to release people of that judgment. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you can't release somebody of that judgment, yeah. because really you're turning that over to a higher court. Yeah. You're saying, God, I release this to you, mm-hmm. you know, because God is really the ultimate judge. Yeah. And he's really the only one because he sees us fully and completely. He really is the only one that can judge us mm-hmm. in a way mm-hmm. that is full and complete where he knows the absolute whole story. Yeah. And is able to look at every aspect of that and judge fairly and rightly. Mm-hmm. Because we just do it from our own perception. Yeah. All right. So there's a lot of uh, Christians out there who believe that we cannot be tormented by demons. What, 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 what is your perspective on that? 
You know, and I think I would have probably put myself in that that camp mm-hmm. um, a few years back. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a couple scriptures that kind of help put me put this into perspective for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is is Luke 13. If you're if you got your pen and piece piece of paper, you know Luke 13:10. Yeah, talks about the daughter of Abraham that has been tormented for many years by by the, by a, uh, a demon. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul in Second Corinthians twelve seven, you know, he talks about having that thorn of the flesh, and then we go into the Galatians. Paul's writing the Galatians and goes, Galatians, who has bewitched you? Who has cast a spell onto mm-hmm. you that you are acting this way and thinking this way? He's he, he's not. I mean, he's he's bringing this to a spiritual realm. It's like, hey, something is affecting the way that you talk because you're not acting like yourself, mm. and uh, so. You have those scriptures, and then some of it is just my experience. Mm-hmm. You know, I've just experienced some of these things where I cannot go back to saying, nope, a Christian isn't touched. Just because you've signed on that dotted line does not make you exempt from uh, demonic attack, whether you want to go as far as possession, oppression. Can a Christian be possessed? You know, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I've seen some things where I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me if that's true. Um, but no matter where you're at, I don't want to get into into the weeds today trying mm-hmm. to de- debate those things. But I think at the very least, we have to be able to say, okay, there's definitely evidence to suggest that Christians can either be oppressed they could be tormented from an outside force, an inside force, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know. But you've experienced some of this stuff, too. I mean, tell me what your experiences are. Yeah, I do believe that Christian can be tormented by demons. And, uh, I mean, you've given a few scriptures, but I'm, I'm going to revert back to the, the scriptures that we just read of the king and the slave, who uh, the king gave, gave the slave to the tormentor to be tormented. You know, I mean, we can read that story and we, we can definitely tell that there's a relationship between the king and the servant. Yeah. You know, and if we put it in the perspective of father, uh, our relationship with the father, which means that in not, I mean, in today's uh, language, the servant was a Christian, basically. Mm-hmm. So he was given to the tormentor to be tormented. Mm-hmm. So that already support my uh my perspective on the fact that yeah believers can be tormented by the demonic yeah Yeah. and i've experienced that myself uh i've seen uh people uh, who were christians for years and i've done um deliverance on people who were christians for years and yeah and ironically it was on the topic of um, unforgiveness and because of 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 unforgiveness they were tormented demonically Mm -hmm. and i've seen it with my own eyes so yes you know, and I, I'll even take this, you know, one step, you know, for me personally, there was a season in my life where I was really struggling mm-hmm. with a lot of bitterness, a lot of, of unforgiveness, a lot of judgments, a lot of, a lot of just really negative things in my life. And I can honestly say that was a time when I had entered into one, just a lack of peace. Mm-hmm. Um, but even having, um, demonic dreams and even things you kind of chalk up to being kind of like misfortune, mm-hmm. lack of blessing in mm-hmm. your life, difficulty mm-hmm. in relationships. Um, one of the ways that I kind of connect with God is actually through dreams yeah. and stuff like that. And I went into a season where I was actually having tormenting dreams and I really believe it. A lot of this had to do with the fact that I had unforgiveness in my heart mm-hmm. towards getting hurt. Yeah. You know, and that's where we got to be careful is that, that, like I said, I don't understand exactly. I don't want to turn this into a formula, mm-hmm. but I know just from looking at scripture, unforgiveness equals bad. Yeah. <laughs> Every single time. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So what should we do then? What should we do? I think one is that we just need to take an honest look at ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to take an honest look and go, okay. Um, because admitting that you have a problem 
is one of those things that we've got to do. Mm-hmm. Again, if this is an open door, and then we talked about this last week, and I'm gonna kind of, I want to reiterate this, mm-hmm. is that you are giving the enemy legal ground to be able to come in to attack. Yeah. Okay, and remember, the enemy actually knows. Um, either he knows us really well personally. Um, I hate to think that, mm-hmm. but he knows mankind really well, yeah. and he knows which buttons to push. And so, if you give somebody that legal access to come in, and you're inviting that that demonic thing in, it brings in. And a lot of times, it is addiction. Mm-hmm. Like I want to tell you right now that if you are dealing with addictions, like there is, the Bible calls them besetting sins. These mm-hmm. things that keep on coming up over and over again. You've prayed your way through it. You have, you've gone to counseling. You've done all these different things. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten, if you are a Christian and you have an addiction in your life, I'm going to go back to one of these open doors, mm-hmm. either through disobedience. Maybe you've had you've been involved in the occult, witchcraft. Mm-hmm. That's that's another huge one. If you have judgments and you made oaths and vows, mm-hmm. but in today's thing, talking about unforgiveness, that yep. is probably seventy five percent of the people that I've worked with mm-hmm. have unforgiveness in their heart, where yep. they have not dealt with these things that are yeah. there. Yeah, I kind of want to go a bit sideways here, because uh, uh, I've I've experienced that personally, uh, where sometimes we don't know that we're dealing with unforgiveness until something is revealed to us. Mm-hmm. And for me personally, I remember uh, having an encounter an encounter with the Lord, but I was kind of dis- always distant with the Father. I was like, I don't want to have a, an encounter with the Father. And um, that was because uh, I would, the fatherhood that was exposed to me, mm-hmm. I always held offense to that. Yeah. And that restricted my relationship with God. And I was dealing with unforgiveness in that aspect. And I remember when the Lord walked me through unforgiveness in that, that just propelled me to a different level with intimacy with God. So, yeah, sometimes we, we are dealing with unforgiveness, but we are not aware of it. You know, and I, I want to bring this up, too, is you bring up a good point, and yeah. I don't want to start turning in this into, like, your own little personal mm-hmm. introspective witch hunt. Yeah. Like, oh, what if I have unforgiveness in my heart? Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you're not aware of it, mm-hmm. it's not something that you're responsible for. Yeah. You're responsible. Like, anytime we're dealing with things, because there are mm-hmm. sins, mm-hmm. like, there, Paul, you know, the, the Bible says, you know, Paul says that, that they, what is sin for one person is not sin for another. 100%. And, and it says, work your own salvation out mm-hmm. with fear and trembling. You know, let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's talk about alcohol. Alcohol, yeah. and you may believe differently, but alcohol, drinking alcohol is not a sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus turned the water into wine. He didn't turn it into fancy grape juice, but he turned it into wine. Yeah. So we know that it's not mm-hmm. that. But if you have had problems with alcohol before and you know that you can't drink, then it's probably a sin for you to have a drink. Yeah. Or if the Lord has just said, don't touch it, mm-hmm. then it's a sin. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we, we, we can't just run around just like looking, going, okay, what's, uh, you know, what, what do I do? Do I, am I constantly afraid of sin? No, yeah. don't be constantly afraid of that, but ask the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And if there is evidence, like if you are struggling with addiction or if you're struggling with with different areas in your life, spirit, like you're struggling connecting to the Father, you're mm-hmm. struggling connecting to the Lord, if you have financial problems, if you are continually having these things that come up over and over again, that's when you take it to the Lord and say, Holy Spirit, reveal to me what's going on. Yeah. And if you don't have any luck with that, make an appointment with your pastor. Yeah. Make an appointment with a good Christian counselor and begin to talk about these things. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes other people can help get to the root of an issue. Mm-hmm. But so, yeah. So we don't want to go into like this this introspective witch hunt. Yeah. You know, we if we bring it to the Father, He is going to be faithful and just mm-hmm. to reveal those things yeah. to us. Yeah. And it is, it is kindness that actually leads us to a point of... Of wholeness. Well, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. Yeah. And that's really, in essence, what this is. Mm-hmm. It is, and again, when we go back to this idea of repentance, it's not feeling bad for mm-hmm. something that you've done. Yeah. It's stopping what you're doing and then saying, Lord, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. 
for what I've done. Yeah. And not just being sorry, but then turning around, turning and, around. and going the opposite direction. Yeah. You know, and so I think that's kind of the first is one admitting that you have a problem, admitting mm-hmm. that like I don't understand this, but Lord help. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's one of those areas where a lot of times we just really mess it up because we think we got to figure it all out ourselves. Yeah. Wow. Now let me ask you this question. Uh, maybe there's someone listening right now that is like, okay, so how do I forgive? fully forgive the way God intended intended me for me for me to forgive well I think we need to remember that Jesus was the model mm. for us mm. you know uh, I've never personally been crucified I've never personally been beat yeah I've never been you know hurt in that way but when Jesus was hung naked on a cross, nails through his hands and his feet with a crown of thorns on his head, he says this really interesting thing. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Wow. And I think when we really understand, because I don't believe that there's anybody that is born inherently evil. No. Is that we, because of situations, because of things that have happened in life, it causes us to lose touch with the Father, and that allows mm-hmm. evil and sin to come in. Yeah. That I, I, I don't know the exact number. I know it's high. Mm-hmm. You know, like 80, 90% of people that are child molesters, yeah. predators that 80 to 90% of those who who have had that happen to them actually turn in and do that to somebody else. Mm. And so this is a really interesting kind of study and we're going to use this extreme example if this has happened to you I'm so sorry. Mm. Um it's it's tragic and it should have never happened. But to be able to kind of take a step to the side and look at this and go, okay, that person learned a behavior. They learned through hurt and pain, but then they end up picking it up and doing it themselves. Mm. And it's, it's a frightening to think is that a lot of times the way that we hurt others, you know, the Bible even says, you know, do not judge because you'll be judged in the same measure. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Um, I remember my mom telling me a story one time of um, uh, my sister was at uh, this like a connect group type of thing, and um, I think they were going after unforgiveness actually. And uh, she shared her testimony and pretty much led her all gr- her whole group into an encounter and a prayer of unforgiveness, and they were all crying. And I think one of her friends turned to her and said, how do you do it? How do you just forgive so easily? And I remember my mom telling me her answer was, because I've been forgiven of much. Mm-hmm. And she was sharing a testimony of how she, the Lord led her into forgiveness of uh, a close family member of, our, of ours that hurt our, all fam- our, our whole family really bad. And um, I think it was like a, maybe a year or two year process where the Lord was t- taking her through unforgiveness in that journey. And uh, I remember uh, my mom telling me that after that connect group, the whole group realized they were dealing with unforgiveness mm-hmm. and they were set free that day. And when she told me, her answer was, because I've been forgiven of much. Yeah. I remember my heart was so touched because sometimes we... I've heard it say that you, when you have unforgiveness, you drink poison expecting someone else to, to die. Yeah. When, in fact, Jesus already took care of all that. Yeah. Well, you know, and forgiveness doesn't actually mean that you have to continue in relationship with a mm-hmm. person. And that's one of the things that's hard is, like, if you've been hurt by somebody, if you're being hurt right now by somebody, you need to leave that relationship. Mm-hmm. You need to get out of that relationship. Yeah. You know, and and uh, if somebody is either touching you inappropriately, if you're even a, a spouse in a relationship where the other one is actually hurting you, 
physically assaulting you and things like that. You need to get out of that relationship and get into a safe place and talk to somebody and tell somebody what's going on. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is, is that a lot of times shame keeps us from ever speaking up. Yeah. And so we're not saying that you just allow it to happen or you even don't ever deal with it like justice mm-hmm. needs to be applied mm-hmm. to some of these situations if nothing else to make sure that somebody else doesn't get hurt yeah. the same way that you're that you're being hurt mm-hmm. and so and, it's important yeah and i think i read last year uh, a book that says forgiveness is one of the is the first step into restoring yourself and uh and it's actually you giving the burden to to god and say listen here you can have it. You can you the judge, and I'm gonna leave it to you to deal with the person as you see fit. Yeah, uh, you know even the Bible says that justice is the foundation of His throne. So He knows, mm-hmm. you know what needs to be done. But uh, just to also give people some perspective that forgiveness is not a license for you to trust the person again. No. No, and I think that that's something that's something that I've experienced in my mm-hmm. life, and I'll just be you know real honest here, is that I did not grow up having a dad in my life, yeah. and I did not have a, um, a relationship with him, and I always worked on our relationship where he never wanted mm-hmm. to, and it always put me into a place of being. Um, like he never abused me, hit me, struck me, anything mm-hmm. like that. But it was more of a indifference, mm-hmm. you know. And that's a hard thing. It's like, you know, sometimes I even said that it'd be better if he just hated me mm-hmm. and had a reason why he didn't want to be in my life and to, to see me. Yeah. And like sometimes that would be easier if he'd punch me in the face because those wounds heal. You know, and I was always continually coming back to that relationship and going, hey, you want to be my dad now? You want to be my dad now? Mm. Up into my 40s, you know, even. And um, this, uh, you know, a few years ago, he he shows up back in my life and we kind of try to make a go at it. And the first couple of months it went okay. And then it all of a sudden dawned on me, like, I'm working on this relationship. He is not. Mm -hmm. And if I were to disappear tomorrow, he wouldn't care. Mm. And so it just sets up all this hurt, all this pain. And I kept on thinking, well, I've forgiven him, so I need to be in relationship with him. And what I've come to realize is that, you know what, I need to have boundaries. Mm -hmm. I need to say, hey, I could forgive you. I could love you. Mm But I'm not giving you full access to my life. Yeah. You know, I'm not giving you full access to my heart Mm -hmm. because that's the part like you keep on like you keep making a mess. You know, like if I have a friend that comes over and every time he comes over, he he takes a a can of Coke and he dumps it out of my my brand new carpet. Mm -hmm. um, I could forgive him. But I'm going to probably quit inviting him into my house, Mm -hmm. you know. And there's going to be some structure there as far as how we're going to develop a relationship Mm -hmm. because once trust is lost, like forgiveness and trust do not go hand in hand. If just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean that they trust you. Mm -hmm. We see this in affairs all the time. Um, You know, most of the time when somebody is caught in an affair, uh, those relationships rarely are mended back to whole. There Mm -hmm. are some that are. The relationships that that I've been a part of and I've seen restoration happen are generally where the person, the the husband or the wife, comes and confesses and they understand that trust Mm -hmm. has been broken. They don't automatically think that that door of trust should just be opened Mm -hmm. up again. It's a time of proving themselves. And again, we do that slowly. So if you've been hurt by somebody, you don't just give them full access because you forgive them. Mm-hmm. All you're doing is you're releasing what happens to them in eternity, mm-hmm. even here on the planet, saying, I pray yeah. for the goodness of the Lord, for the goodness of the Lord to be his judge mm. and not me. Wow. And uh, uh, I think it's, it's, for me personally, that's one of the biggest things that I've dealt with when I will forgive someone and then I'm like, oh, now I have to be in a relationship with the person. And if I'm not, all of a sudden I'm hit with this guilt. Oh, you haven't really forgiven him. You don't want to be around him, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, I remember uh, reading a book that said, when you forgive someone, you're just giving up your right for revenge. You're giving up your right to hold on to the offense. And uh, and I, rem- I remember reading that. I was like, oh. So I, that that means that 
yeah, I can forgive you. I can pray for you. But I still, I can choose not to be in a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. Because the trust, yeah, the trust is broken. That has to be regained again. But I think, yeah, it was the biggest, it was the big attack that the devil had on me when he was like, when I was dealing with unforgiveness, I will forgive someone. And then all of a sudden my thought is like, oh, you need to call the person. You've forgiven him. You know, you need to mm-hmm. be with that. And that's a good point. Mm-hmm. It's like, just because I've forgiven him, do I need to call them up and say, hey, I've forgiven you? Sometimes no. Yeah, I would say a lot of times no. Yeah. <laughs> it's like sometimes we do it just out of spite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like our Christian badge. Well, yeah. I've forgiven you. Let me call you up and tell you like, yeah. like, oh, I guess I've screwed up and mm-hmm. this is what needs. No. Yeah. No, you, you, you allow that to sit behind between you and the Lord. Yeah. Um, I think the level of responsibility in relationship depends on the relationship to you. Mm-hmm. I would say kind of like for me, like there's different quadrants, you know, quadrant one for me mm-hmm. is my wife and my kids. Mm-hmm. They are, they, they come before any, you know, any other relationship, especially with my spouse. That's mm-hmm. my number one relationship. Mm-hmm. If there is forgiveness needs to happen there, I am going to do everything that I can, as long as they're a willing party mm-hmm. in this and they're showing repentance, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to do everything I can to bring that to them, have open, honest dialogue of what's going on. Yeah. Same with my kids. Yeah. You know, when it starts coming to parents, aunts and uncles, brothers and sisters, that's a that's kind of a different story. Mm-hmm. You know, we still put those boundaries in. Like we say, look, I forgive you, but if you do this again, mm-hmm. you get moved further out to the point like like you may not even be able to be in relationship with somebody if they don't repent. Mm-hmm. Again, going back to the definition of repentance is turning from your sins and going the other way. Yeah. You know, if they're just saying they're sorry, who cares? Yeah. You know, are you sorry hmm. that you got caught or are you sorry that you did it? Wow. Because those are two very different things. So good. Now, let me ask you a question because I know we're talking about unforgiveness and sometimes our mind will go oh, for unforgiveness towards someone. But what about those who are dealing with unforgiveness towards themselves? That is such a hard thing. <laughs> you know, uh, We've got to be able to forgive ourselves because mm. if we don't forgive ourselves, we end up going to this place of self-hatred mm-hmm. and we really open ourselves up to demonic attack in the form of lives, yeah. li- lies mm-hmm. and, and beginning like, remember the kind of the premise of this is Christians don't tell lies, but we believe them. Yeah. A lot of times we will believe lies when we have unforgiveness towards ourselves because of things we've done. I've experienced this, unfortunately, even recently, Mm -hmm. you know, coming out of the challenges that my family did that brought us to this new beginning, Mm -hmm. you know, here in Reading. Uh, you know, I spent a long time believing that, that I was the worst person in the world, that I had screwed yeah. up, that I was too old, I was too stupid, I was too fat, I was too whatever, insert lie here. And if you are feeling those thoughts, and I really believe that, that unforgiveness towards yourself is probably actually one of the number one causes of suicide. Mm-hmm. Because if we can't get to that point of hearing what the, the voice of the Lord says, mm-hmm. we're shutting ourselves off to God. We're saying yes to the devil because yeah. you've been fearfully and wonderfully created. Wow. You know, I mean, to just understand the thought and the work that has taken God mm. to create you. A lot of times we think God of just being this, 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 yeah. you know, I got magic wand and like, boop, there's Caleb, boop, mm. there's Chris. I'm like, yeah. oh, and it's good. But, you know, thinking of this is that God is this eternal being that he was around for an eternity before you and I were created. Mm. And it says that he thought of us. Yeah. Maybe, wow. maybe he took a hundred years just to think about <laughs> Caleb. I'm you pretty know. sure he did. I think it at least <laughs> minimum. Yeah. You know, and all the work. I mean, there's times when we pray like, Lord, deliver me. Mm-hmm. And the Lord's like, it's taken me six years just to get you into this problem. <laughs> and you want me just to deliver you? No, no, no. I have things for you to learn. Mm. And it's, you know, there's times where we want God to wave a magical wand over our situations. And mm. God's saying, no, uh, sometimes pain and misery mm. is part of God's plan. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't want us to continually do stupid. Wow! You know, one of my one of my favorite thing, favorite sayings is is that you'll only pee on an electric fence once. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> because mm. there is a shocking thing that happens. <laughs> and yeah. you don't want to ever repeat that again. Wow. And I think there's times where the Lord will allow pain, misery to come into our lives. He'll allow us to sit in unforgiveness. He will allow tormentors to come into our lives because, again, he's not looking for robots, but he's looking for friends. Mm -hmm. He's looking not just for servants, but he's looking for family. And he doesn't want to just say, hey, you do this and you do it because of that. He says, I want to invite you into my will mm -hmm. and I want you to be a willing participant in my grace, in my mercy, in my love. Wow. Um, uh, on the topic of unforgiveness towards yourself, I remember. Um, so during winter break, uh, I used to like, like nag at my friend. Let's go to the redwoods. Let's go to the redwoods. I want to see that. Yeah. You know, let's go to Eureka and all that. And he was like, oh, oh you know what? Let's do it. We're gonna do it. So one day we just. We went to Eureka and everything. It wasn't the best day, but I loved it. And then driving back, I was the one driving the car, and um, there was a, a rock in the middle of the street. So I didn't. I mean, I mean, I saw the rock. For me, it was like, oh, it looks small. I just drive over it. But we drove on. <laughs> I drove over the rock, and that kind of did some damage to the car. And. Um, I remember uh, he's very, my friend is very, you know, he's very easy to let, to let the things go. Sure. And he said, well, it's just a car. That's always his answer when something, oh, it's just a car and everything. And um, he's, he's always like, yeah, I'm, I only care about your heart. It's just a car. And I remember uh, like saying, I'm sorry for that and everything. He was like, yeah, it's okay, bro. I'm only worried about your heart. But I had so much unforgiveness towards myself that I, I every time I went there, I would walk on eggshell. Yeah. And I would always be critical of myself, be critical of what I say. Very careful. I was like, oh, he doesn't like me right now. Just he just tolerates me. And all this, I was like, one time I was like, okay, I'm going crazy. I'm going crazy because I feel like his forgiveness is not real. <laughs> yeah. When all of a sudden, when, all, when in fact, actually, I was actually having, I was dealing with unforgiveness towards myself. And everything, and I remember sitting down with him and telling him, "Hey, I feel like I'm walking on eggshell." And he looked at me and was like, "Well, I I really forgiven you. I don't know what what else you want me to do." <laughs> when, but actually, I was dealing with unforgiveness towards myself, and I was so miserable that whole week. You know, yeah. so yeah, unforgiveness towards yourself is very important. It's it's very, it's something that you actually have to deal with because it kind of blurs your perspective on who God says you are. Now, another point that people love to bring it up is when you walk into forgiveness, there's a point where you hit where you have to pray for those who offended you or those who hurt you, which is something I'm still working, uh, wa working with the Lord on that. But it is a discipline that I'm learning to build. But what's your perspective on that? I know it's biblical. <laughs> you know, well, one, you know, Romans twelve seventeen says, you know, do not repay evil for evil. Be careful what you do to be right in the sight of everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, as uh, much as it, it, much as it depends upon you, live mm -hmm. peaceably with everyone. Don't yeah. take revenge, but leave in God's hands, mm -hmm. you know. In the contrary, it says, you know, if, you're, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. And yeah. doing this, you'll heap burning coals on their heart. Mm -hmm. Now, that all sounds really cool. And no, it doesn't. No, it, it does. <laughs> it, it sounds great because it, that's yeah. like, like if you, but if you do that with revenge in mind, it's like your heart needs to be right in this. Mm -hmm. Like, because I've had that where somebody, I mean, they, they called me up and said, hey, I just wanted you to know that I forgave you. Mm that's one thing but when they say i want you to know that i've forgiven you for this 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 and mm. this that's not extending forgiveness that's calling them to make sure that they that they know that they know mm -hmm. like i want you to know that you've hurt me yeah like i feel like it's important that you know how you wronged me and how spiritual i am mm -hmm. and so you've kind of have to check your heart in these things because like that's something that that i don't think is like I've even wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. It's like the airing of your grievances. It's it's not biblical. It's not what needs to be done. Now, if the Lord says, "Hey, call them," 
Um, I'm going to tell you right now that if I have a problem mm-hmm. with somebody and I want to have a dialogue about that, and if I'm not in relationship with them, uh, one, I'm really going to take that to the Lord and say, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. But if I do like feel like the Lord's saying to do that, then I'm going to find one thing. Because mm-hmm. in any time in my life that I have ever had a disagreement where there's been challenges, where there, there's been hard things have happened and people have been hurt and separated, whatever, is that I've had a part in that too. Mm-hmm. Like, like they, they may be 90% maybe they're their fault hmm. but i have that one part and so i'm i'm not going to pray for them selfishly like lord because we're like well uh, you know pray pray for them you know jesus says pray pray for your enemies love your enemies well i'm going to love them to death you know hmm. it's going to be me going lord i'm sorry for my 10 percent. i'm sorry for my one percent hmm. And I pray that for that that little part that I had, that this person would be restored. Mm. Because we're not looking for vengeance. At least we shouldn't be. Like if, if we have the mind of Christ, if we're doing what Jesus has called us to do, we're acting like Jesus. Jesus wasn't sitting on the cross going, Lord, forgive them for the nails. Forgive them for the strikes. Forgive them for this. <laughs> yeah. Forgive them. He wasn't, he wasn't airing his, his grievances. Mm-hmm. He's saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Because here's the whole thing. You have hurt somebody. Hmm. You are the bad guy in somebody's story. Mm-hmm. I'm the bad guy in somebody's story. Mm-hmm. You know, and how would I want them to pray for me? Wow. That's how I want to pray for somebody else. Wow. Remember when Jesus, he's talking to the Pharisees. The Pharisees go, hey, what's the greatest commandment? Out of all 10 commandments or mm-hmm. out of all 200,000 laws and you know, most of them we made up, mm-hmm. uh, what's the most important one? And Jesus goes, all of them hang on this. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. Mm-hmm. And the same is equal as the first. Love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. That means love them like you want to be loved. Wow. Forgive others. Like you want to be forgiven, pray for others the way that you'd want to be prayed for. And I think that really is the secret of being able to walk in full forgiveness and freedom. Wow. Remember, Mm. Jesus already paid the price. Wow. He paid it. And that's what we, that's what we forget. Wow. He didn't pay it just for you because you like your motives. You like who you are. You think you deserve it. Jesus died just as much for the pedophile as he did for you. He died just as much for Hitler as he did for you. Wow. He died just as much for a serial killer as you. Hmm. And we think, well, the blood was, you know, the blood is for me. Yeah, it's for you, but it's wow. also for the other person. You know, and he expects you to walk in that same level of forgiveness. So, I, I'm going to go to the extreme a little bit. But Do it. <laughs> so, would you say that if we hold on to unforgiveness, we're pretty much making a mockery of what Jesus did at the cross? You know, I think the easy answer would be yes. But again, I don't want to just say, okay, you have unforgiveness, you're discounting the blood of Jesus. I don't Mm. want to say because, again, do you know what you're doing? Mm. Because I think we've all been there. Mm -hmm. You know, or, well, if I have unforgiveness, am I saved? Uh, You know, that's between you and Jesus to work out just like it's if you're blessed or whatever. But I think what you're doing is, is that you're taking for granted. Mm. It's like you've been given it. Like, like if I gave you, like if I came and I hand you the keys to my car, you know, I got, I like my car. It's a nice car. If I came up to you and I handed you my keys and I said, this is for you. Caleb, you have, you, you, you have my keys. Here's the title. It's yours. Mm. And you go, oh, thanks. And then you walk off. You, you leave the car sitting in my garage. You never drive it. You never use it. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the point of having it? You know, if, if we're not going to accept this free gift, then why did Jesus have to die? Wow. 
And so there's so much of this that we've got to be able to express. There's got to be so much that we use. You know, Jesus, you know, John, 1 John 2, 2 says he himself is a sacrifice that atones for our sins. Mm. And not only our sins, but the sins of the world. Mm. It's not just ours. The free gift isn't just for us. Mm -hmm. You know, forgiveness is that part of that gift. Do we exercise it? Do we use it? Or do we just sit on it wow. and use it for other things? Wow. So if I am uh, a bitter person at an offense, mm-hmm. uh, I'm pretty much saying that Jesus' death on the cross was not enough. 100%. It's like we want him to, um, to pay for our sins, but we don't want him to pay for the sins of others. <laughs> Well, when you put it like that, <laughs> no, I, I think that's very accurate. A mm-hmm. very accurate statement is that I, I, I want to be forgiven mm. for my little things. Yeah. But it goes hand in hand. Mm. You know, let's let's do something. And this yeah. is uh, it's, this may be kind of weird for you. But if, if you're struggling with this idea of forgiveness, if there's people that have hurt you, um. I just want you just to close your eyes. Uh, And I just want, just for a second, just kind of listen. That I want you to picture Jesus hanging on the cross. I want you to see his, his body, his broken body with the bruises, the gashes, that the that the Bible actually said that he was not even recognizable as a man, mm. that he was swollen, that, that he he was just this bloody pulp with nails in his hands and his feet, with a crown of thorns, and these thorns aren't just these little tiny thorns; they're two, three inch long thorns mm. that are jammed into his head. And I want you to picture you standing at the foot of that cross. And I want you just to see that drop of blood that just runs down his face, that runs down his body, that runs down his shoulder and his arm to his fingertip. And I want to see that that drop of blood. And I want you to picture it just dropping off of his finger and falling. That drop of blood was for you. But I want you to picture that standing next to you, I want you to picture that person that has hurt you, that has abused you, that has wronged you, that has stolen from you, that has mistreated you, that has taken things from you. And I want you to see that drop of blood landing on them. Because Jesus came to die. Not just for the righteous, but for the unrighteous. That if he is able to forgive those who caused him to be on that cross, I believe he's inviting you in to be able to forgive that person that has hurt you. And he's inviting you in to say, I have higher ways, I have better ways, I have peace. Let me take care of this. It's not your responsibility anymore. Because the love and the blood of Jesus is the most powerful thing in this universe. He has power to bring healing and reconciliation in any situation. And that means you. So 
So, Father, I just ask you for your blessing. I ask you for your mercy upon anyone that's listening to my voice right now and that we would just agree that we are going to follow your way of love and we're going to continue to explore your way of forgiveness. And Lord, we just thank you that you first forgave us so that we can now forgive others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, well, that wraps it up. Next week, we are going to be talking about judgment, oaths and vows, and uh, the bad things that happen. But we're going to be talking about the good things that God wants to exchange in its place. Be blessed. Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. Please like, subscribe, and share with your friends. And follow us on social media. And never forget, you're not alone.